I do think it helps a lot because I don't know for me like in my perspective and leadership like I think there's going to be so many leaders on a team in different ways and for me I've just found a specific way and I don't honestly I don't always I think Anson thinks I like think about it more than I do like to specifically speak to each person but I really don't like I just have found a way to just for me I I think like being positive and just making sure that people around me feel comfortable and feel like they're able to get their job done has been the way that I've gone about leadership and you know so not everyone responds to it but I do think the vast majority like want to feel good they want to feel trusted by their teammates and that's like kind of the route I've gone pod we had you on for a short little snippet but now we get to share your story and I'm so excited current racing Louisville stallion as I like to say or you guys are the rate I don't think you have a mascot yet a UNC Tar Heel thank you so much for joining us I know you're in preseason right now so thanks for you know taking the time to chit chat with us we are so lucky to have you how you doing I'm good I'm doing good yeah how about you guys you know, just, just coaching, just, just loving, loving along the world with my glass of wine. I mean, I feel like okay. now that I'm a professional, I feel like every pot I'm drinking, which is probably, <laughs> but I'm like, I get home and I'm like, hmm, I can, I can have a glass you know of wine. Because That's the enjoyment. You got to enjoy that when you're retired, Joe. So like yeah. that one, I'm going to encourage. I That's mean, encourage. Uh, there's nothing like a glass of red wine. T, do That's- you like red wine? Honestly, I haven't really had it before, so I can't really get. Okay. Okay. That's white to be fair. You got to get the right stuff because it can, you can, yeah. people are, they get the bad stuff and they don't want to drink it again. So Tina, they get why. Tina, real bad. Tina has actually, I think made me a wine snob. Mm. You gotta be, you, trust me. You gotta be as you get older. Like, I mean, wine snob, you don't need to spend like a hundred dollars, but you can spend, you need to spend like 25 yeah. Between like the 20 and 45 range, I think it's a very good range. And it, you can find some quality wine. Yeah. But I, I, it's, uh, it's lost on, you know, like it's like those days in college where you buy like the Mac, like those like $7. And you <laughs> feel like crap the next morning because you're like, I just drank $7 wine. So, and that would naturally. be like, you feel like dog crap. Yeah. Okay. Right. Question number one, and I'm super excited to hear your answer for this because I'm just excited. So I wrote it a lot. It's funny because my questions are like really long because I have to like write them out and Tina like already has them in her head. So here's my long question. So while you were at UNC, mm-hmm. you scored hat tricks when I was there as a center forward, you shut down the attack as a center back, and then you just made your way to the center, center of the park. And you adjusted flawlessly, at least from the outside, it seemed. For all those people who are listening, who may be kind of thrown into all different positions and asked to do different roles and responsibilities, one, kind of talk about the difficulties of being so versatile, as well as the perks. And then how did you handle all that? Okay. Joe um, likes to throw it all in there. I, do. I ask all my questions, A, B, C, and answer. Okay, here we go. Well, um, I feel like I'm glad you thought it looked flawless from the outside because sometimes I was like, oh my gosh, like 
they were like huge jumps sometimes like going from center forward to center back was like kind of like it was a little tough sometimes because like the mentality is like different mm-hmm. and then I think going to center mid was like the hardest for me at first because it was like so 360 and like both like center forward and center back were just like you have like what's in front of you mm-hmm. and I think that was like the toughest part for me but I mean I think Anson said this like a lot of times I'm sure when you were there as well but like being versatile is such a good attribute to have and like honestly like when they tell you probably a lot of the times like oh you're just gonna play this random position or you're gonna go here and that's not your normal position like in your head you're like oh god like I don't think I can do that but I think it's like a good thing that a coach is like oh well we want you on the field so we have someone that can play that position so let's put you in this position so like that's kind of how I took it I mean like whatever way I could get on the field was what I was gonna do so whenever they just told me to go into a different position I was like all right fair enough just maybe give me a little guidance and I'll do what I can yeah yeah I will say just like being somebody that's you know obviously yeah I had to rep a little bit of Virginia today you know keep it it balanced here we got a lot of tar we got a lot of tar heel in the room which I love but it's a lot I got to balance it out here um but like thinking about like you know the type of players that Anson you know typically recruits as well as kind of the systems he runs I will say like the transition to professional is um I don't want to say it, it probably seems easier but I feel like so many of you are so versatile and as we know even with the emergence of more teams like saturation's like a big thing in the league um it's a big reason why I went overseas like I just saw that there was more opportunity, like the league, we had the six teams and there was like no growth. And, you know, there's like national team starters in every position. And, um, as a defender, especially, right. Like you're not taking your center backs really out. You're not really taking your outside backs out. And so a lot of girls that have been able to convert to a forward or play multiple positions, it's like, you know, you always want to start, but any way you can get minutes is so, I feel like it's so important. And so the, the ability of so many girls on North Carolina who've like completely adjusted, you know, like Crystal Dunn, I'm from Albertson in New York. I mean, she was always an attacking player. And then like all of a sudden he's like converting her on t- into an outside back. And it's it's really incredible because if you know the game, it's just they're so vastly different. So I feel like for you, especially like, you know, they're so lucky to have you on the team because, you know, at any moment injuries happen, they really can plug and play you. Um, where a lot of girls just don't have that versatility, which I think is great. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I guess yeah. where would you, where would you say like when you, throughout your career though, like, was it Anson just being like T like, Tay, we're putting you here. Like it, how did that kind of go about? Um, I think so originally when I was committed, I was playing center for like the U 17s or whatever. And that was kind of, I was I guess like seen as mm-hmm. like as a player and, and in club I was a forward the whole time but I feel yeah. like a lot of people in general like the better players were just forwards yeah. more often um and so I was originally going in as a center back but then like when I was playing like as I started playing forward more like in club I, Damon was there a lot yeah. and so oh do you want to play forward like I think you could yeah and then I did ended up playing forward for a little bit my freshman year and then people got hurt. So then I ended up playing center back and then Mm -hmm. the next year they tried me at forward and we just had so many forwards that they ended up moving me to the six. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I like think for me, like at first when they did that, like I honestly was like a little frustrated because like yeah. I felt yeah. like I could good at a position, like really mm-hmm. good at it. I was like, okay, like I'm good at it, but like I'm not doing everything like the way I want to all the time. Yeah. And like I would kind of get the hang of something. It's like, oh, you're done. You're going to the next position. And so like that's where I think it was like a little tough for me. But I mean, like you're saying, like you whatever position you're you're playing it's soccer like if you know the game and you know how to play like after doing it for a little while you'll figure it out you'll find ways to like what you're good at in those positions like the way for you to play that position in the most effective way and I think looking back on it now I'm really thankful that Anson put me through that able to do that because now I feel comfortable like if someone comes up to me it's like hey can we put you here I'm like yeah sure. Like, just let me know how you want me to play and I'll, I'll do what I can. Yeah. I think that's awesome too, because like my first start in the NBSL was actually at center back. Yeah. I never played center back, but it's like, you have to be ready because you never know, like whatever door opens, you got to be ready to like jump through that door because you don't know if it's going to close or if it's going to stay open, like you got to be ready. So I think like, I was obviously with you your freshman year just, I saw you, Goes at you know center forward score a hat trick against South Florida, and yeah. then by the end of the year you're playing center back. So I think it's just a testament to like you as a as a soccer player and a soccer brain um, that I think is is really special. And I'm I think like I tell like all the college girls that I coach, it's like you learn so much like between the 18 and like 23 range. So everything that like you learned at UNC, like I know you're freaking taking it to the pros right now, like. Yeah. And you feel more settled when you take that next step. Is that kind of correct or no? Oh, for sure. Like, I feel like for me, obviously it's, it's always a change going from any level Mm -hmm. to the next. Yeah. But it's like, like I felt confident in like what I can. And like, I knew that like, I would be able to get to that level maybe in a quicker way or in a more comfortable way from what I learned at UNC in my place. And I'm sure there's a lot of other places like that as well but like from my experience at UNC like that is really how I felt coming into this league and like you're so right like it's not easy to get on the field in MWSL you know so like it's not easy to get on the field at UNC either like okay like I'll do like yeah yeah that's awesome I'd be curious like you know considering how versatile and kind of your I mean there's very let's be real. There's very few players that have like gone from playing a center back to a four to a six. I mean, there's definitely a lot of the conversions happening, but that's like quite literally all over the map. Um, not shocking, but I think like you can say you sit in a small group in terms of players that have done that. I'd be curious though. Like if you think, yeah, like to your point, right. If there's just certain positions you could still be good at, but you're like, this is just not meant for me. Like I'll do it if for the team, but like, this is not my best spot. Can you, did any of that you think help though, like in terms of you, like as an overall player? Cause I always feel like if I'm, if I have an opportunity to play in all these positions, I would think that you have a better vision of the field because you kind of know what to expect. So it's like, has that assisted you in any way in terms of like, you feel like your soccer knowledge maybe is better. You kind of know your positioning better because you really have been in every situation really that that's, you can do on you know yeah. the field of play. For sure. I think, I think it did help me a lot. Cause like, especially like from six to center back, like, I feel like when I go into center back now, I know exactly like what my midfielders are feeling and like what they want and like positions they want to be in. And like when they don't want it, you know what I mean? Or like 
when I go into the six, like I know that like I need to give my center back options because if they don't, like it's like the worst feeling. So I definitely feel like it's helped me be more like, this is a weird word for it, but like empathetic for like the other players on the yeah. field, what they need, you know? Right. So yeah, I definitely That's- think. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I, that's amazing. I can't believe you've played like a six box a box and then and that forward center forward. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. But so in knowing that and doing that at the collegiate level, you know, in your opinion, um, what has been, you know, I know you said that you feel like coming out of UNC, you were very prepared, but what's been the greatest difference or change taking that step into the NWSL? Um, do you feel like it's somewhat apples to apples to how it went at UNC, or do you feel like it was a big gap and, um, kind of a big transition in terms of mm-hmm. going right out of college in? I think, I didn't think it was like the biggest gap. I think where I saw the most change was like, I just think the quality of everyone all around was really, really good. And I think that's yeah. where like I biggest, and I thought I, honestly, like to me in my perspective, it was just like more fun. Yeah. Like, like the way you could play with everyone was a little bit different. Yep. Which I think is really Anson, like, I think especially with, like, very cerebral cerebral players, Anson, mm-hmm. when I was coming along, he'd be like, Joe, I'm telling you right now, like, you're you're having fun here, but, like, you're going to actually – it's probably going to be easier when you are when you play professionally. And, yeah. like, for someone like you, like, you can see different things. Like, when we play together, like, I knew you saw what I saw, so, like, you were in the spot that I wanted you to be in. So, when we played together, it worked. Yeah. So it was just, it was like lots of views around <laughs> that like a bunch of people who can execute what you're thinking, you know? Yes, yes yeah. exactly. Exactly. I and think, that's exciting. Okay, I, I got to jump in. Cause I just have to ask, cause when I think about transition, we've talked about it before in the podcast, but you know, the UNC, like the line situation is just so like daunting for other teams to watch. Cause you're just like, you almost feel like you're in like a basketball game. I, I don't even know if basketball is like relatable, but in a way I feel like it's like, out of nowhere, I'm like 70 minutes into the game. I'm dead tired. And like, a whole, like the entire team now is, is like fresh. Like you're like, I've never seen this happen. And I know Anson's very adamant about it. And it's clearly worked. Has that been, cause I feel like you have to, and you both could probably answer this, but I feel like it, once you come into the program, you have to kind of like learn to be good with that. Right. Like if you get, if you're in the first line, you get your 20 minutes, like in a normal world, I'd be like, why am I coming off the field? But at UNC, you're like, Oh, I did good. I made, I did my 20, 25 minutes. I get my rest now, whatever. was that a big jump. Cause I feel like that's yes. totally shifted mindset when you go to play in the NWSL and now they're like, okay, Taylor, you need to play 90 minutes. And like, you always had this mindset of like max out for 25 or max out for the half or whatever it has. Was that like, I don't know for either of you, cause I just didn't experience that. I think it's, it's interesting to see that jump. I definitely think it's, it was, it was different for sure because not only like if you're starting, like you're most likely going to play 90 minutes or 65, 70, mm-hmm. yeah. but also like, and if you weren't starting at Carolina, you most likely were going to get at least 30 minutes every yep. game. Whereas like, if you're, if you're not starting, there's a good chance you're not going to get on the field, you know? So I think right. that's like shift okay yeah like I need to make sure I'm in that starting lineup I need yeah. to make sure the older like I'm doing well enough if I'm not in the starting lineup to be the person they want to put on the field when they need someone yeah so I where it was like a little different for me but mm-hmm. I, I mean honestly like 
I liked either way. Like I, I didn't mind at Carolina cause I thought, I mean, we won. So it was awesome. Like who doesn't yeah. want to win? Like, you're like, sure. If this works, it works. Everything but better. I also think too, like, there's also a sense of like, okay. Like I know what to expect every single game. Like if are long ass pregame talks, like I know exactly what's happening this game. I know I have 22 and a half minutes and I'm pushing Anson in his ear. Give me 25. I'm pushing two and a half more minutes. Like give me 25 and you have 25 minutes to 30 minutes to ball out. So it's yeah. like, and then if you're reserve, you know, I'm at least going to get 15 minutes yeah. hands down. So I think like knowing that, but then being able to like, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this Taylor cause Anson loves to beat a dead horse with this one, but it's like his, his rebuttal to that Tina is Yael coming off him pulling Yael off. And she goes, why, why'd you pull me off? And oh, I don't want to ruin it, but it's like, she's like, I'm not even tired. And he goes, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, like yeah. you're supposed to expand your fitness base so that every single time he pulls you off, you are dog tired, dog tired. So I think when it translates to the NWSL, you've expanded your, your platform of understanding, like you never take a play off and you can't in the WSL. So I think that translates pretty easily, but you just have to sustain it for longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sustain it for sure. And I, but that's actually such a good point. I didn't even think about it. It is so much, I think you have a lot more like of what to expect at Carolina every game. Whereas like in the NWSL, it's like always changing. You don't always know exactly like what the coach is thinking. Whereas like with mm -hmm. Anton, I knew exactly like how he works in those yes. ways. And like yeah. thinking about certain things, even like, even if you don't agree with it, like, you know, what he's, you know. what's going on. Whereas like, and in the NWSL, like, he's like a sense of like calm and like relief. I feel yeah. like even if you don't yeah. agree with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Anson Dorrance, I'm going to give you a little quote that he, uh, I listen this in here. He, he, at some point, like, it's hilarious. If you go back on his, on the website, he reams some people on these quotes. Yeah. So we know Anson is honest. He is honest. He is not. <laughs> oh, we had him quote. on. We know Anson is honest. We, we there had was one time we pulled it up. He started doing this and somebody's like, why? I want to be like, why did we let Anson? He roasted some people on it. Yeah, we, I think we were, I think it was our year that he started. And I think you were in my room and we were like, there's no way he said that. <laughs> You're like, there's. Put it out publicly. I like writing it down. Say like, again. Say about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, there was no editing involved. So this is no. real. So he says, Taylor Otto is one of the greatest leaders I've ever coached. She has a field leadership voice that is unique because everyone responds to it. She's a cerebral player. She knows the game. She knows how the game should be played at the highest level. Anson Dorrance. That's awesome. So I, <laughs> congrats. That's a big, quite a, that's quite a, I mean, that's from the goat, man. Quite a that's quote. That's from the goat. That's from the goat. And for how honest he is, he would, you can look back at other people's quotes. That's honest. <laughs> he would have said it if he didn't mean it. Yeah. So I know you kind of touched on it and I, I'd be curious to see if you can dive a little bit more into it. Do you think one, I'm just curious about your response. How does that make you feel to hear that from Anson? Because we don't really hear that straight up all the time. Like mm -hmm. that, don't, that's not something that's praised all the time. Yeah. And then two, you kind of touched on it because you played so many positions and you understand where people should be and how that player in that position is feeling. 
do you think that has led to your ability to lead? Mm -hmm. This is a two-parter again. Um, well, first I honestly, like it, it does make you feel good. Like Anson's yeah. like, oh, he doesn't really give out compliments all that often, you know, like that nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it definitely makes me feel good. And honestly, like I credit a lot of like what I've been able to do and who I am as a person now to Anson and like what he does at Carolina. So, I mean, it definitely makes me feel good to think that like he thinks I'm capable of those things and that I've done a good job of those things. So yeah, it definitely makes me feel good. Um, and then in regards to the leadership question, I do think it helps a lot because I don't know, for me, like in my perspective and leadership, like I think there's going to be so many leaders on a team in different ways. And for me, I've just found a specific way. And I don't, honestly, I don't always, I think Anson thinks I like think about it more than I do like to specifically speak to each person, but I really don't like, I just have found a way to just, for me, I, I think like being positive and just making sure that people around me feel comfortable and feel like they're able to get their job done has been the way that I've gone about leadership. And you know, so not everyone responds to it, but I do think the vast majority like want to feel good. They want to feel trusted by their teammates. And that's like kind of the route I've gone. And I mean, it's worked out for me and that's just my style, but I know other people have different styles. So. I feel like when you, when I think about leadership, it, it's always, it sounds as though, obviously I haven't played with you, but you know, just hearing it from Joe and knowing what people say about you, I feel like you're very authentic. And I think that's, part of being a great leader as well is right. You don't want to be like forcing anything. And I mm -hmm. think like, to your point, you, you have a style and you stick to it and it's clearly it works. Um, and you know, we recently had Veronica let go on from old rain and she kind of had that like same approach where it was like, you know, kind of going about it in a way where like she built stability and confidence in people around her. She felt like that was something that helped on the field. Um, and it's funny, you guys are mentioning Anson and kind of <laughs> his, his honesty, sometimes brutal, but honesty, you know what I, I, again, like just knowing you and see better now because of Joe, what I think is interesting is like, I wonder, even though some of it is kind of hard to hear, I, I feel like I've seen from UNC girls that like that level of honesty has been almost beneficial to your performance because <laughs> So many times, especially when you're young, I just remember so many times where I'm like in my head, I'm like assuming what a coach is thinking about me or I'm assuming what they're, they're thinking about this. And like, Anson may say some stuff to you that like, it's going to be hard to hear, but like to, to know where you stand, I think that actually in ways, whether it's easy or hard can, can benefit you from a performance standpoint. And I wonder like in the NWSL now, um, and I know you're early in it, you, you have a new coach here, but is that something that you have to like, in terms of finding your confidence and feeling stable, is that something you, you seek from your teammates? Do you try to have that transparency with your coach? Um, how do, how do you kind of develop that in the NWSL you think yeah. for you at least? Honestly, like that's actually funny you say that. Cause at Carolina at first, like be honestly, before I got to Carolina, I think I was very like similar in that way. Like I, like someone would say I did something wrong or someone would criticize me and I would be like, Oh my God, like, am I not doing well? Like, am I not doing good enough? Am I not going to play here? Like, that's your immediate thought. Like if someone just like, even if it's not in like an aggressive way, which Anson could be sometimes, but like now that I've moved on from Carolina, 
I'm like, oh my God, like, I feel like all I want is for you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, so fix it. Like, why aren't you telling me what you want? You know? And like, cause at, at Carolina, you just get so used to it. Like Anson's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, why are you doing that? You need to do this. If you can't do this, you can't, you can't play, you know? And it's so like cut and dry. Whereas like in the NWSL, it's not always like that with the coaches. They don't always communicate as much where you can't go into their office, like all the time and be like, Hey, like, let's sit here for an hour and watch film and not because they don't want to, but they, they just have other things they have to do. So they can't always allot that time to you. And I think that's something that's been like a little bit of a learning curve to me is I've kind of had to like find my way through it and like figure out what I'm doing wrong and what they want myself and fix that. And like what I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to bomb drop a little here and I'm going to get your perspectives on this. Cause I think I have a, theory on this. So this is my opinion, but, and, and not like any specific person comes to mind in terms of a coach, but do you guys ever think that that's like, I feel like when we talked to Anson, he was like, you know, like his approach was general, right? A, a man, a woman, anyone he's coaching, he's going to approach them the same. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I'm being honest, I think we get that because we're women. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mean to like make it like that, but sometimes I'm like, I feel like coaches, they, they anticipate or they assume in ways like mentally, like maybe we're too fragile to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. And in, in ways it almost like makes, I don't know if you feel that way, Joe, like in I terms of how you're approaching coaching, but like, I, I feel like there's so many times where I'm like, God, could you have just told me that like my right foot was shit for three months and I needed to like do long balls every yeah. day for th- like, no one was saying that it was like skirting around the issue. Yeah. And instead of me actually improving it, you know, I think does flawlessly and Tay, you can, you can back me up is he does it with humor. He so really like, does. He'll, he'll roast. He'll be like, you're right. Like pretty much if you take away his humor, he'll pretty much say like, your right foot is absolutely God awful. You need to work on it. Yeah. But he, he's a master of words, but he adds humor to it. So everybody laughs, but everybody knows, but then you get it and you're like, yeah. okay. So it doesn't like feel like anything anything he says, I feel like is never malicious, Mm-mm. but it could be taken. No, I, think it's, I think it's, I think it's consideration and care. It if is. he was not invested in your growth, he wouldn't criticize you. He would just uplift you all the time, but he's, he cares about your, your, how you excel and, and yeah. what your goals are. I feel like so many of you guys create goals. If you're telling him you want to be in the NWSL, he's going to tell you what it takes to get there. Oh yeah. And you want me to coach you like you're your swim. Yeah. Okay, well, you're I'm I'm following you around and telling you you're not doing good enough. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to follow you around. Like he he'll he'll have like a list of like six or seven people that like he's probably had a conversation with that are like this is what I want to do, and you'll be in a passing pattern. And he's like, take off a point for her. She didn't check her shoulder, and you're like, it's like I swear I checked my shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not far enough. You didn't check it far enough. (laughs) Not well enough. Like okay. (laughs) Well you know, you, you've, you've already exceeded in so many ways. You did amazing at UNC, but we also know that you've been through a lot, especially with injury, um, despite being so young, um, as a player, you know, talk about kind of the journey with that. Like you obviously have been a lifer with youth national teams. You've always been exceeding at the highest level, but like anything injuries are sometimes just unavoidable. Mm -hmm. Um, can you point to a, like a moment in your young career that you think, you know, was kind of a turning point for you um, in, in the sense of like, first, like when things um, 
you could kind of see a vision for yourself in terms of like, okay, I have a future in this sport. I can become a professional. And then also just like, did you learn anything, you know, about yourself in the Mm -hmm. midst of having to overcome, um, you know, injury, it's just a a tough thing to go through, uh, just bearing where you were at. Yeah. I think I I can't really think of like an exact moment where I was like, oh, like, I think I could have a future in this. Cause like, I don't know. I think a lot of us are just kind of like, happens. yeah, like I just, this is what I want to do and I'm going to keep doing it until it's like, okay, well, this might not happen. And like, luckily it like, it ended up working out for me, but I do remember like after I tore my ACL the first time, Sean Nahas was my coach and I like came to training and I had just had surgery and I was like 13 or 14 at the time. Like I tore my ACL my first time, like really young and I was like so emotional. Like every time they would say something to me, I would cry. You can ask Damon, like he always makes fun of me for it. But like, I like went to training and I was just sitting there watching and he like pulled me over and I just started bawling. And I was like, it's just so hard for me to watch. And he was just like, okay, like I get it. But like, you're being dramatic. Like you need to like, like he literally had no sympathy at the time. He was like, you need to pull it together. You need to go in there and you need to do your work every day and you'll be back out here in six or seven months you want to get with the 17 so if you, you're either going to have this attitude and you're going to sulk or you're going to go in there and you're going to get it done and you're going to be back on the field doing what you're doing and I think like in that moment was when I kind of had a different like view on injuries it was kind of like okay like you got injured this is what you do you're going to get back on the field and like ever since then every time I've gotten injured it's never been like oh I can't play anymore like I'm not going to be able to play anymore I'm not going to get back on the field I'm not going to be where I was it's just like okay here we go again let's what do I need to do how am I going to fix it we're back on the field and I think that little conversation like as little as it was it really shifted like my perspective on it well I can like definitely back you up on that because like I remember, and I don't think I've ever like actually thanked you in person because of what a whirlwind it was, but like after my second one, like I distinctly remember like you and my mom and me sitting on my bed and like having a straight up conversation of just like, I'm not going to let this define me. Literally, it was the same conversation that you just said. This is what you're going to do this. We're going to get back out. And this is a mild setback, but like this is what we're going to do. And like for you to be 17, 18 at the time and me being a fifth year senior, like, I think that then also goes back to like your empathetic leadership ability to be able to relate to, we were at the time, like, are we like four years apart? I think we're four years apart, like four years apart, but like you to be so young, but be so empathetic at a time where like you legit saw me at my worst, like legit saw me at my worst, but the, ability to connect with me at that moment was massive and like it had a big impact on like the shift of like the, my mindset into my second surgery yeah. so it doesn't surprise me that that's like your take on how to deal with injuries because yeah you can solve but what is that going to do yeah that brings up a question in my so you know going through a long-term injury I think what people don't like sometimes even recognize in the moment is like something's taken away from you that truly is at the core of your every day, every single yeah. day you're touching yeah. the ball, every single day you're training, you're doing something active. And if it's a significant enough injury, that's completely taken away. You could be in cr- on crutches, not moving. I'm always curious, like, because that's such a drastic and quick kind of like something's removed from your life. 
Did you find, you know, again, head down, like you said, getting back to being recovered, getting back to the game, but did you find anything else that like, I don't want to say distracted you, but that you put your mind towards or focused on, on the off times that maybe you weren't doing PT or you weren't getting back in terms of training. What was like an outlet for you since kind of soccer at that point in time was not an option? Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> like, I feel like I just was like, so focused on like my recovery that I was like, okay, I'm, this is what I'm doing today. And it's like, okay, I have like three weeks and I get to do this. But I also like, honestly, I got really lucky with like the group of people I was around every time I got injured. Like I would just go and like, people would always be so like kind and like considerate about it. And like, honestly, after that conversation I had with Sean, I was like, excited to be at the games excited to watch the games like excited to cheer my team on and like I think that's almost kind of where I also learned like you need to be happy like for people like when they're having their success even when you're not having yours because like your time's gonna come and you want that from other people and I think that's like a big thing that like I really tried to do when I was injured was make sure that I was there for the people that were on the field and was there to cheer them on or there to talk to them and see things that they weren't seeing or whatever that is and I think that's where I kind of shifted what I was like my role was at the time and like what I focused on to be so young and to be so like able to have like maturity level to be able to take that and not let it tear you down but to actually propel you forward I think just speaks to like once again like your maturity because it freaking felt like you're at UNC four years before you stepped on foot at on the field, but which oh, do you redshirted, you redshirted and then redshirted again. Were you double redshirt? No, I was one. I only once, but then I had like my COVID year, but I didn't take it, but I took a half a year because I came early as well. That's what I'm thinking of. So you came early, then you redshirted. So you weren't on the field for like a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this girl, get this girl a jersey and like, can we put her on the freaking field? I was just saying and a half but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I mean honestly like the things I'm saying like it's obviously like I'm glad it happened but like it wasn't easy like there was times obviously like where I wasn't like the happiest or like the most supportive but I just like those are the things that like I really did try to focus on and like eventually now I'm like those are things that I feel like I'm more so like ingrained in who I am whereas like at the time then it probably wasn't as perfect and it wasn't as consistent you know so I think that's awesome. I think I love just, I love everything you said about that because it's, it's so wise. And I feel like so many people do need to like hear that. Um, so kind of going into, to this season, you, you're coming back healthy. Your mm-hmm. second year. What are yep. your expectations for yourself? What are your expectations for the club? Mm-hmm. You got new signings how are you feeling how's racing Louisville feeling in Taylor Auto honestly I think we're feeling good like the ending of last year was really good for us um I mean the beginning of the year the middle of the year was like a very interesting experience for a lot of us I think and didn't really go exactly how we wanted it to um I ended up getting having another knee surgery last year which was like not obviously what I wanted, but I was able to get back on the field at the end, which was awesome. Um, the team like really like bonded at the end, got a good culture. We got a new coach who was like really awesome. And right now he's our assistant. And I think he does a really good job of like communicating with the players, which is really cool. Um, but this year is like 
I, I think it'll be good. We have a lot of really great players. We're young, but like, again, really good young players. The signings we got are awesome. So I don't know. I, I'm excited. I think, I think we'll do well. It's going to take some time to implement the things that the new coach wants to do, but I'm excited. And, and I think honestly, like any other club, their expectations are to win and, and to do well, regardless of us being young and it being a new year. So, yeah. Do you feel like, go like, <clears throat> you know, college, I feel like so con- like, you know, it's like a three month sprint, like, mm-hmm. especially if you're like a UNC, right. You're going to, you typically win and you, you play deep into the tournament. We've talked about this a little bit, but like the NWL season is like, I mean, it's like so long, like it's just so long, which is why ruts can feel endless because it's like, if you have a bad month, it just feels like it's never ending. Mm -hmm. How has that experience been in terms of like, like, has your mindset changed at all? Where, um, do you feel like it's harder to get over games because there is more gaps? It's not as confined, or do you feel like you kind of have to just like move on because it is so long? What's your experience been sort of with that scheduling? Honestly, I feel like that is like one of the biggest changes from college to NWSL is like you literally, I mean, you're almost always playing like beginning of the year to the end of the year. You don't have much time off. And I don't know. I I honestly think it's kind of nice. Like you, you almost get more opportunity. You have to be ready for longer. There's more games you could get into. There's more games you could be playing. Like, I do think it's like a good opportunity for a full squad to be used throughout a year which is very unique to college because I think in college like after like the first few games you know they get their starting lineup and they're like this is kind of what it is unless someone gets injured and like obviously you don't want that to happen but that's just the reality of it and I think in the NWSL season with it being that long like it gives a lot of players opportunity it gets you the ability to kind of like get in get in a rhythm figure things out um, especially with the challenge cup like I think that really helps as well so I personally like the longer season and I don't, I don't find it to be more difficult in a way to like get over like a bad game or like things not going well. I kind of think it's, it's easier to like figure things out and like kind of get where you want to go without having to do it so quickly. Yeah. Like the pressure to succeed, like so quick, like in college, you lose back-to-back games. You could be out of the ACC tournament. Yeah, you're done. Like you're not going to get in the tournament. There's no really margin for tweaking or adjusting, or it's really like, if there's a hole, we're plugging it as quick as we can and we're rolling with it. And so you can truly, truly build throughout the season with momentum and, and getting in and out of ruts. Like, in college, that's hard, especially now that I'm a college coach. I'm like trying to like manage and, and, and deal with such a short season. It's it's so hard. It's hard. Yeah. It, it really is hard. And that's, that's actually funny. Like the other day we were talking, like, I mean, if I would have had that injury that I had last year during a college season, like you're I done. probably did You're done. Yeah. yeah. And like, so like for me, like that was like, that was really nice for me to be able to like, okay, like I, I played a little bit and then I got injured, which like we didn't want to happen, but like I was able to like get back on the field and like have a few solid games. And like, honestly, like yeah, for me, it was it. awesome. I was like, Oh, I can play in this league. Like I can do this. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's another nice thing about it. So you think, uh, you know, second year coming in is the mindset still kind of like you're the new kids on the block or are you guys going for it this year? Uh, I definitely think we're going to go for it for sure. Um, it's, yeah. it's 
we're so young still. Like right now, I'm considered like one of the older players, and it's like, I was about to say, you're probably a like, veteran at this point. You guys, yeah, think better. I- and she's like 24. Not even. I'm not even sure if you're 24, but it's yeah. That's that's. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, you sometimes. Yeah. You keep your jets so. on all year. Yeah. I that's love awesome. it. <clears throat> well, awesome. Well, team. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy we were able to get your full story out here. Um, I know we touched on you a little bit early. Was it pre-challenge? It was during the Challenge Cup, I think. I don't know. It was a little bit before. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. And your story deserves to be shared. You're such an incredible human being at such a young age. And um, just thanks so much for hopping on. We appreciate it. Um, Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm glad I could do this with you guys. And thank you for having me. Thank you.